Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. From tactical analysis to player updates. We've got you covered on all the latest news on Las Aguilas. Now, let's start the show. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast. gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of the eagle eye podcast today we're going to recap that 3-2 victory against cruz azul in the clásico joven we're going to talk about the things that we liked spoiler alert not so many and the things that we didn't like spoiler alert there's a lot and then of course we'll give you guys updates as to what's going on in the world of las aguilas del america and then uh briefly before we start i just want to give a shout out to aj who's doing an amazing job right now covering the liga mx feminil america feminil and uh, they're on route to hopefully take tigres down uh right now i believe katikiller has just scored so if you guys are listening to this right now be alive then uh you guys got an update right there shout out to aj but uh introducing today's co-host that are going to be talking all things america with me it is none other than new york state resident christian rosendo and my oc neighbor Chris Rivera. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Doing good, doing good. I was just looking at you and I was like, if I wore glasses, do you look alike? I think we do. We could we could be twins. We could be long lost twins if you wore glasses. You so? I mean, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just a little little more darker than you, but I think we could pass as brothers though, maybe. Yeah, no, maybe. 100%. Maybe, maybe not the, I don't know. Your hair's a little curlier than mine. So. We got the beard going on. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, you guys get the same haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find glasses just now because I kind of when I when I play, I wear um a blue light glasses. Yeah, this is literally what these are. Right, exactly. So I was trying to find them to put them on so people kind of look alike, but I couldn't find. Them. Maybe maybe next okay. podcast. Next but, podcast, um, we'll, we'll have it. Yeah, no. Um, I hope you guys are doing okay. Um, it's hot as it's hot here. Um. <laughs> It's hot here, and um, yeah, hopefully the the weather gets a little cooler. Um, but got to talk about America. Like I said, I have a lot of things we'd like, and a lot of things that we didn't like. And I'm um, sure we're getting a little debate about some things. But alrighty, and then from one hemisphere to the other, Chris, talk to me. How's how's the heat over in sunny Anaheim? It's annoying, but it's not as bad as been. It's it's not it's it's this is probably one of the more cooler weathers that we've podcasted in the past like two months. So in the I'm morning, excited. it was super cloudy over here. I don't know how it was, but it was just like kind of cloudy. And then, like Same. once it hit noon, it, it just started getting a little like what that annoying heat. It's not like oh man, it's so hot. It's just like you're indoors and you're just like, <laughs> why is it like why does it feel like that? <laughs> I know, I feel you, brother. But hey, we're almost out of there. And I would imagine the same goes for you, Christian. Summer is just around the corner to end. Uh, and with that, hopefully comes better times, not just weather-wise, but for Las Aguilas de America as well. Well, gentlemen, there's only one thing on today's schedule, and that's the Clásico Joven, right? Great. Thankfully, there's an international break that we'll get into, right? We have a friendly against Tigres in, in, in the States. We'll maybe touch upon that in just a second and how important that is coming into the Clásico. But let's talk about this Clásico home and that I think painted itself differently, like three different ways 
throughout the match. Um, so basically, we, we started off on the right foot. America scored early, right? One thing that we always, always heavily want to see decide is, is, is get on the scoreboard early. And then completely shifts, completely changes. A whole different America is playing once that goal comes in. Talk to me a little bit about your initial reaction, Christian. How did you see the team from the get-go? I mean, you saw that we get on the board right away. Great goal by Julian Quinones, who puts the ball on the back of the net. But I think Brian did a great job at making that happen. Just talk to me a little bit about the first couple of minutes. Yeah, no, like you said, um, I think it was it was every, uh, a very positive image and um, kind of that we always want from, 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 this, from America. And like the past few years, it's a start strong. Uh, like we always kind of, Gotta feel out the opponent, but I think the rest of us go out there, get it. We're obviously the better team, but squad that go find something extremely early and um, you know, sooner rather than later, you know, and four minutes in and you know, put the back of the net. Um at that point, uh I'm feeling great. Um I think um in my mind I'm like, okay, finally the team gets it. The team understands the message, like the team finally knows what we're trying to accomplish this season, how we should be playing every single game. And then that only lasted about five minutes. And after that is when um, Cruz Azul kind of adapted uh, to what we were doing, um, which credit to them. Um, I think they did that extremely well. And for like the next, I want to say maybe 20, 25 minutes was all up, up until the, the, the red card. Chris, Christian mentioned something very important, right? It, it, it seemed like the message was finally conveyed across to this, to this team. As, fact, uh, as far as you know, them getting on the score sheet right away, looking very well on the ball. I know I get it, it was barely five minutes into the match, but we looked like the sharp America that we always knew we were capable of doing so. Do you think that was credited to the formation change? Because we kind of went back to that kind of 4-4-2 diamond situation. Or do you think it was just kind of one of those things like, okay, I think it was just, it happened because it happened. No, I think it, it is a formation change because the last time we saw this formation, was was the the St. Louis game where we looked incredible, right? We could have came out that game seven zero. You expected that the the rest of the games to look just like that, and it, you see the Henry Martin injury and see that they have to kind of force another formation. I think uh, it has it has to be uh, that you know. I I think once you saw uh, them start kind of struggling. It had more to do with the coach than the playing style, in my opinion. I think the coach kind of said, okay, now you're going to defend this 1-0, right? And let's be honest, that's, that's an awful thing to do from just because you get one goal, right? Uh, judging him, it's like saying it's a Solari ball, where it's like you have to get with any lead. And I think you saw that from Solari, where you get the one goal, and it's like, okay, now we're just going to defend it. Or we're just gonna be very uh try to be flawless, you know, where it's like if another goal comes, it's gonna come from from them making an error instead of us trying to force Do you agree with that question? Do you think that uh, a fair assessment of, of what Hardine instructed this team or at least what it looked like his instructions were? One thousand percent. I think it showed more in the second half. We'll get into that in a little bit, but um that's like Chris said, and I'm 100% agree that that is the wrong message. As an America coach, with, with the situation at hand, that's not something to do or ever do, honestly. Um, it just, I, I don't know. I, I, it 
I would really, really, really love to know if anyone asked them, like, in a posting conversation, like, it was that strategy. Like, is that how you wanted the game to be, like, panned out? Because if it was, then I don't know what he was seeing or thinking, but that's, uh, it just didn't, didn't look good. It didn't look like, like, Club America football. The only real thing I saw coming out of that presser at the end was basically cutting this thing that obviously that was not his intention for the team to concede those two goals and to kind of play to that style, but never really hinted as, okay, yeah, that was my instruction or no, the players ended up wanting to do that. Um, but I, I just don't see, I really don't see this team being like, okay, we scored a goal, guys, let's just sit back, relax, like, cool. Like, I've seen that before in an America side. I mean, you're talking about, Chris, I'm talking to you about those late, you know, 2000s where America would score one goal, they would look overconfident, and then, boom, you end up walking away with either a draw or a loss. Like, I, I, I don't feel that from this team. I don't, I, I don't see the players being like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be kind of lethargical and just kind of lay back and sit back. I don't think that's how this team wants to play. At least I, I don't think the, the players intend to play that at all. So I, I know there was a lot of talk coming into this game uh, and, and we discussed it as well as to, is it more of a Karine isn't conveying the message strong enough or is it the players aren't capable of understanding the message? And Richard Sanchez actually came out and talked about it before this game and spoke to the media and said, you know, we're, we're training at 100% and, you know, the, the, the manager's conveying what he wants, his playing style. and he's like and he admitted it he's like it's taking us a while to adjust to to what he wants it's taking us a while to learn to his game style and i don't know if that's a cause for concern because christian we're almost to the midway point of the season you've gotten a lot more games under your belt you're not talking about this is just your sixth game of the season you had three four prior in the league's cup like i would have imagined by now you should have something a thousand percent. And I think from what I took from the message, I don't know if Chris here agrees with me. I took more concern than positive uh, from what he said. Um, you never want your team to be confused, especially midway through the season of how you want to play and how you want to encounter the, the, late, the later part of the season. We still have an abundance of teams. We still have Chivas. We still have Monterrey. We still have Tigres. We still have Toluca, right? These are, these are good teams that we still have to play against. And to see that the team isn't at 100% or from what the message said, not even maybe 80% of what we're trying to do, um, it just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't look good for, from, from the standpoint right now. Um, but we were talking about it earlier, and hopefully um, you know, this break kind of helped us gel a little bit better. But you know, before the game, though, it just wasn't a good message from, from the defense. I know I, th- I thought it was a cause for concern as well, but I, I don't think it really was because ultimately Chris ended up being in the starting 11. So it wasn't like Richard was, because I saw some people on Twitter saying, oh, you know, he's just butthurt because he got taken out of the starting 11 in the past game, yada, yada, yada. But he fits, lost right into the game against Cruz Azul like that. You know, I, if, if it was the case, I, I think they would have just benched him. But I think in all honesty, in all honesty he was speaking the truth. He also echoed what the coach was saying. Like, the coach even said, give me time. Like, these guys aren't there yet. Like, I saw that too. I saw a lot of people say, oh, he's going to do what he did to Solari and get him out of here. 
they're professionals. I, I do think there is times where players do try to like get rid of coaches. I don't I don't really think that's the case. This you know, I think I think the best way I could describe it is is from a from a American football uh perspective. Sometimes you have offensive coordinators who try to make things too complicated that it takes time for people to, or these players to understand it. Sometimes in, in, in football, you know, you get seasons like or on the next season for, for people to understand because the coach just makes things too complicated whatever play or whatever style they want. And that's what I think Jardinet is. I think I think Dano was more of a I guess let let the players be themselves, you know, like just trust on the individual talent. And I don't think Jardine is that. I think Jardine says, we got to be organized. We got to do this and that. And it, it, let's be honest, it doesn't look organized at times, you know. But but I think the intention is our style, our, our IQ is going gonna, is gonna to get us through this, not the individual talent. And I think it's just we have too many players that are very dependent on themselves instead of a team, how do I say it, a team uh, – uh, style, you know, and I think I I do think maybe we do get better, right, with time, but it it, it needs to start clicking sooner than later. And that's a luxury you don't really have at America is time, right? Especially when you came in as hot as you did. And I look, I I think it's we're being a little unrational, of course, but I've mentioned it. That's kind of the fan base in America. And and I'll get to something that you mentioned, Chris, which I think kind of really got me thinking after the game. You said, you know, you compared Solari's tenure to um, uh, Jardine's ten- tenure right now as, and, and the similarities of, well, why was it okay for Solari to scrape by with a victory? And my criticism wasn't as harsh as, as, as it is to Jardine. And, and I'll get to my answer because it really, it really got me thinking throughout the night as to why it was the case. But it sounds like, it sounds like with Dan Ortiz, it was very 2D. And Jardine is very much trying to play 3D chess in, in this situation, right? He's trying to be more of a systematical coach, right? It, it's, um, it's understand the system, right? Rather than you can individually do this, so you're going to rely on him being able to do that. So then we can go on and score. Now, I get it. It's not going to be perfect from the get-go, but... As we kind of iterated, uh, kind of uttered already, Christian, there should be by now something cohesive to kind of hold on to and build upon. And to be honest, I I find it hard to see or establish a foundation for this hardiness side. And and that's the reality is sometimes I just can't really understand what the message is clearly. Is it attack? Is it defend? Is it hold the ball? Is it force the mistake? Like there's times where we're pressing really high and we're like looking like really strongly like we want the ball and then there's other times where all our players are in the back so I'm lost to words as to okay what is it that he's trying to play for okay no you just, you're just gonna not Christian that was your segment to just kind of say something <laughs> I mean you hit all the points like I I, I, I don't know what else to add because so, you, so, so the comment that I made last week is that, you know, we have a better squad this year, right? And the fact that we're playing worse is still something I can't wrap my people around. And I don't know if it's going to take 
cabecita and Henry to come into the squad and change everything because it's hard to believe that that uh, you know a player that was kind of semi inconsistent throughout last season in cabecita and obviously a player who just came back from injury. So you're 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 telling me that your plan is to inject two to the lineup and now everything should just magically work, right? Like that's basically what the fans trying to tell me. That's what you know you know uh, uh some some listeners trying to tell me that these two are the are are the missing pieces. And once these two are added the eleven, we're gonna look like like Real Madrid and Barcelona out. So you know it's just stuff like that that I just can't you know it it just doesn't make sense to me, right? Um, and if you're really trying to play that systematic of uh, you know style of play, then not not much is gonna change. Honestly, maybe you might you might score another goal here because you have Henry there, but you know your midfield is still gonna look a little a little lost. Your defense is gonna look like like complete shit. So it's gonna be the same thing as last year, then, right? But yeah, we can score all the goals we want though. But if we're scoring five and they're scoring six, then what are we what are we aiming at here? It's the same thing as last. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And the, the most frustrating thing about it is that this game, unfortunately, got tainted. Because once Cruz Azul got the goal, it looked like they were going to go and get the second right away. But then Charlie gets the red card. And I even tweeted, I was like, the worst thing that could have happened to this game was Charlie getting that red card. Because now, America is going to have that extra man. And I honestly thought we were going to be able to capitalize on that. And the reality is, shocking reality is, we were not. Like, we looked like we had 10 men out there. With the advantage. And so, and to be honest, the reason why America wins this game is simply because Cruz Azul's goalkeeper just made too many mistakes and we capitalized mm-hmm. on it. That's, that's honest to God truth as to why America won the game. We did not outplay them. And to be honest, I don't even think we deserved the victory. Some may say that. I disagree. Some I, I kind of disagree with that. Do you think we were the better side? Mm, I think if you look at it from a night, I think we were slightly better. That's like bad. you said, the, 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 the last... Oh, I get it. I, I agree. It, it's bad, but I think... I don't think Rasul was that, all that either. I think they had moments in the in the last minutes of the game where they could have equalized, you know? After the Antuna goal, that's when I was like, okay, Rasul is a little bit better than me. But even then, we were still pushing up. So to me, it wasn't necessarily but, this, like... Right, so we like, were pushing oh, up. It was much- we were pushing up, and there were often times where you had Quinones pushing up with the ball, Diego pushing with the ball. As soon as they crossed that that semicircle in the midfield, everything stopped. Everything stopped, and you passed it laterally that way, you passed it laterally that way, you passed it back, go there, you go here. There was no urgency to score anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah even yeah, yeah. even and, after 3 1. happened after the 1 0 2. That's what I'm saying. Like right? That. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So, it wasn't just like at the end of the game. It was, so, I now, agree completely. so now you pose the question. Was that Jardine or was that the player? No, that's Jardine. That that comes from from coaching, telling you like, "Hey, just hold this lead, and then if they equalize it, you're gonna go." That was an it's, opportunity. It's lazy to put seven past them again, one thousand percent. And people were tweeting that. I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter. People were tweeting like, yeah. "Are we gonna score another seven? And then I'll say this though, uh, and the fact that we did right score says, in the second half. That's pretty embarrassing. True, Epicness says it, it was 10 versus 10 because I mean, it's literally not consistent. I want, I want to, I want to ask you guys. This. And, and I've been, th- I've been seeing this since last season, but do you ever see a hesitation to, from players to pass it to him? 
where we start forcing it to the left side or wherever it's not at? To be honest, to be honest, I have not focused heavily that on that. Much? So I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So I can't, I can't, I can't think you and tell you yes or no. What I do focus on is that he's just a, not a good player and he shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Who agrees? agrees? Although Miguel no, would say I, otherwise. I, he's like blowing MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who that is. Yeah, I wonder who. Uh, yeah, I wonder who Miguel Myers is. Mm. Mm. Cheeky, cheeky. But uh, I mean, in all honesty, I have not paid attention to that. And if he ever gets the opportunity, which I'm assuming he might against the Tigres uh, in this friendly, I'll keep an eye on that. But I, I wouldn't say that this game was just solely because of Leyun, of course. But no, no. <laughs> yeah, <it is> weird. <laughs> I think I think he gave away Miguel Myers. Get out get rid of Fidalgo. We Ryan, you know it's you. Come on. Come what on. But next says, um, they kept the ball on Brian's side most of the time from what I saw. And yeah, I, I do. But correct me if I'm wrong, but that always seems to be a tendency from us from the beginning. I I even with Dano, even with Solari, we for some reason like to drift to the left more than we do to the right. This has been always well, because of, on the left. Who was who was on the right mm-hmm. though? Because with Kevin Alvarez there, we play a lot to the right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I, I, it, it just depends. But I always see, when when Cabecita is there, usually the ball always drifts to his side. When um, well, literally, that's all all that I can remember for the past two years. <laughs> so, but. I mean, yes, with Kevin on there, I, I do see the attack being a little bit more different. Sometimes we don't even play to the right, but it's on the left, and Kevin somehow tends to be the striker, which, like I said, it's weird. It is weird. But you want to know what I noticed too? Hmm. When I was at the American Academy game, there's times and Dejas plays as a second striker, which tells you a lot of where the coaching is at, too. If you're going to put the smallest guy up there, and he's trying to win headers, like, you know? <laughs> Have you have you guys ever tried to focus on Sendejas trying to win a header? It's the funniest thing in the world because he still has that injury to his nose. So he knows like any straight physical contact is gonna be like lights out for him and the season's over. So it's the funniest thing ever when he goes and tries to win a header. He just like he just jumps, but he never really truly tries to go and win it. That's and gonna be sometimes an, an it's interesting just, topic to to come mm-hmm. around once once we come back. Do we start Leo? Do we start Sendeja? Do we might not even start them? any of them, brother. We're playing yeah. a diamond. They're not. Yeah, that's where I was gonna go with. If the formation oh, is a diamond, uh, then well, get away from the diamond. Look, we, we can sit here and talk a little bit more about the tactics, but I think the reality is, I don't, I don't see how we play the four three three that Harinen wants to play, and still play Diego Valdez. Yeah. Unless you want to drift yeah. him out wide. And you need, and I'll be honest with you, you kind of need John Alos Santos to reach out. And yeah, you need that anchor. You need that anchor because Indeed. you're giving sometimes too much liberty to Richard and Fidalgo to go up that they get lost. And there's a huge gap, huge gap in between the midfield and the defense. And we've seen it get exposed big time. So, yes, you need John and And that's the and, reality and of it. And I'll be honest with you, after seeing Brian Rodriguez be up there as a second striker, I'm really not mad at that formation. People are going to be mad because there's going to be players playing out of position, let's be honest. 
you're going to see Leo and Sendeja be attacking midfielders or center mid or even second strikers. But ultimately, your two starting strikers is going to be Henry and, and, and Quinones, and their backup is going to be Cabecita and Brian Rodriguez. Like, you really can't be mad at that. I mean, no, you really can't. But, I mean, kind of backtracking here to the to the game itself because you, you kind of saw what worked and what didn't work with this formation. And then, like, we kind of were talking about with Hardine saying to the players, hey, look, I honestly think the message is after halftime, we go into, we go in there 3-1, right? We, we think, okay, 3-1, boom, perfect. Like, I was already getting past being angry at the fact that, you know, we were playing, like, completely doctored out there. And then I was like, okay, 3-1. It looks like we can pass, put seven again on the scoreboard. Second half, I'm expecting at least two more goals, right? Like, kill the game off. And I honestly do think that the, the message for Harlinette to this team was, sit back, wait, they have to come and attack us. We're going to get them on the counter. And that's why I think you see that lack of urgency going forward, Christian, when we have the ball, because we weren't playing the counterattack. When we had the ball, we were playing now, and the players were like, well, the sense of urgency isn't there because we have to lead. Coach said, let's just wait, soak up pressure, and relieve on the counter. So when it's time for us to go, let's just move the ball around. Boom, boom, boom. Look, I don't mind if you want to play Barcelona ball, move the ball here, boom, there, boom, boom, triangle. But at the end, there's, you should finish off a play. Right. You, you don't just lose it. And, you know, three quarters of the way through and be like, all right, now we run back. And the importance of that is, hey, one, two, three, four, touch, go. You're in the, you're in the box, take a shot, goes in, goes wide, whatever. But that ball needs to be finished. We didn't see that. There, there was no end product. For me, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the lack of urgency being up 3-1. It was the lack of finishing a play. That, that was what got me. But also, even being up a man, and it looked like for some parts, I think for a minute, I don't get my time correct, but I think it was like from a minute, like around minute 70 until the game was over, I think it was all Cruz Azul. Yeah. And the really fact was. that they had 10 and we had 11 and they were bossing us around, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. I, no, I said it, and, and I tweeted it out and I sent it to you guys. It was pathetic. Pathetic. Harine went out there and instructed his team to do that. And I get that's your comfortable way of playing because Gibran even said it out in, 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 during the game. He said, Harine spoke about it. He said, he's like, I'm a manager that will gladly take a 1-0, a 2-1, a 3-2. Like, like, he's like, as long as I can get a comfortable result, I will take it. Like, he's like, I don't have the sense or urgency to go out there and score five, six, seven goals which we were accustomed to with this America. And so, that's where I have an issue with Baño because remember I told you guys, he was doing, in my, in my bad for interrupting you, but like... No, 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 go ahead, go saying, ahead. Like Baño said when he was looking for a coach was to pretty much have a San Ortiz type coach. All offensive, focus on the offense. He even said, oh, your fullback isn't the reason why you're going to lose game. He said that. He said that when they were talking about Omar Campos, they were talking about, uh, he said Kevin Alvarez wasn't necessarily a priority. It was more like, oh, it's a tiny toy type, like, type tiny, right? So for me, is from ownership, how do you, if, if anyone's paying attention, because I don't even know if ownership is even paying attention. 
But if someone's paying attention to Banyo say we're signing him because maybe he wasn't our, our main priority, but he fell into what the style we want, right? And then you see him say stuff like that, like, hey, I'm okay with the 1-0. I'm okay with this and that. That's the complete opposite of Tan Ortiz, right? Where Tan Ortiz was saying, we're going to go and score. Maybe he wasn't saying it out loud, but it was, was going to win 3-0 every game. Or if our defense isn't good, well, we're going to outscore them. Our defense isn't good. And you're saying you're okay with the 1-0? Like, then you should be vocal about, in, in public, in, in the press conference, be vocal and say, I want defenders. These guys are not good. You hear rumors or reports of Mauro Lainez and Chava Reyes being offered to, uh, or not being offered, but Leon is trying to sign them. Well, why, why get rid of both of them? You know, like, if you're saying my defense isn't good or, or just I need to have a way more solid defense, then why not say Chava Reyes isn't good for me? Send them to Leon. Get money and bring someone, maybe even from the same market, right? A Mexican that's more defensive, a veteran. Like, I'll give you an example. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but Osvaldo uh, Rodriguez, I think that's his name, right? From Leon, left back. His style yeah. is more defensive, more defensive, a defensive left back. You have Luis Fuentes, and I don't know how about you guys, but in that goal, the first goal from Sakur, that's all Luis Fuentes. You, you see him and you can't run back. He left all that open. People are going to sit here and highlight Israel Reyes and and Pidalgo in that play, maybe, you know, or whoever's in that defense, they're going to highlight them. But the fullback is walking back. But we'll rewatch that goal. He's walking back, and they're burning through. They're burning that left, the, the left side. They're just burning through speed. And then he makes a pass to the guy in the middle while everyone else is trying to go to him. They leave someone else open. But that's not on the person that they left. They, they're trying to cover someone else's uh, mistake, right? And that was all Luis Fuentes, you know? And, and to me, it's like, why don't, why are we not prioritizing that, 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 uh, that side? Same, same thing. When I went to the Nicaragua game, people were, were going off on Emilio Lara. I'll tell you this much. Emilio Lara, what stood out to me in that game is he recovered everything that Luis Fuentes was making a mistake. Everything. Chavarrez. Yeah. It was Chavarrez that played that game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chavarrez played that game. Chava Reyes was leaving all that, but that's two black guys that do the same mistake, right? They're leaving all that open. They're more prioritizing going up. One, Luis Fuentes shouldn't be going. I'm sorry, but for reasons like that, he shouldn't be going up at all. And Chava Reyes just can't run back. He's just slow. And, and people are sitting here and say, oh, the center back, oh, Emilio oh, this and that. Look, if Emilio Lara can't win the header, okay, I get it, you know? But if, if the guy that's crossing the bus, is alone, no one's pressuring him, and he's able to send a perfect cross, then who's really at fault? You know, it's not the center back. It's the fullback that's giving that's giving all that space. And to me, it's just... It's, to me, the main issue here is back. And, and I do think that if, if we, in the end of the season, or even before the season, Jardinelle leaves, he needs to leave with him, and we need to bring in someone that knows what he's doing, what understands Maybe even a former player, someone that actually played, you know, that understands all of this. Because to me, it just it just doesn't make sense that we we still have all these issues and, and the coaches isn't the fit and it doesn't fit with the players and we invested this much in, in, into it. It just doesn't make sense to me. I think 
really were at fault here for drinking the Kool-Aid when we heard Banos talk on that stupid what is it? The that TV show on TUDN or television, whatever. Where he came out and he said, We're looking at managers and we brought in Kevin Alvarez like, and, Linea and de Yeah, Linea de Cuatro or something like that. And he came out and said, you know, like we're gonna get a manager who wants to play our style of football and then, you know, it's our fault for believing him because he went on remember last time he went under, he said Roger Martinez was never gonna play for America. Two years passed <laughs> and he was still playing for America. Who got so, injured that ended up forcing him to play? Oh, man, I can't remember, but I yeah, I, I remember it was due to an injury that we were like, okay, now we're stuck with him. But still, it, it, look, just don't go on those shows anymore. Like, just <laughs> what reason do you have? Like, I get it, get the Americanismo hyped and excited, but no one else is doing that. Like, does Florentino Perez do that for Real Madrid? He just goes on there, it's like, hey guys, we're, we're gonna buy some players and we're gonna do some stuff, and you know, good looking. He just first with Mbappe in every report that comes out. Yeah, no exactly. Official bid comes out. <laughs> and because of Mbappe, we didn't sign Henry Martin to Real Madrid. Look at that, man. Always because of Mbappe. But I just feel like there is this sense of uh, we drank the Kool-Aid and now we have to kind of live with it because Let's face it, we were all kind of like in awe after the Puebla game, especially after the St. Louis game, right? Everyone was talking about Jardine, the Brazil team that America was looking like, yada, yada, yada. And now reality slapped us in the face, and now we're looking at us and we're thinking, well, damn, what went wrong, you know? Like, we went from very highs to the very lows of things, and I find it hard to try to find a solution if there is any here. I mean, everyone thinks that the solution is two players. And it, it it can't be that simple. You can't just put in Henry Martin and be like, okay, boom, problem solved, guys. We're we're good. Like if Henry Martin's gonna magically fix the defense, you know? And and I, and I, I get think, it. I think the what mm-hmm. what you might people might be hopeful for is we go back to scoring a lot of goals. That's really the the, the only thing we're kind so, of So so we can score three in one half and then just sit back in the next half? Because, yeah, because that's going to be the reality. Like, even if you put Henry Martin on that pitch, you really think the instruction from Harden is going to be like, all right, guys, we got Henry now. Let's go out there. Score as many goals as you want. Like, there's no need to defend. Like, I, we just mentioned it. He is a systematical coach, right? He wants the team to work as a whole. And if you completely neglect the defensive side of the game and focus on the offensive, that's not a systematical kind of game, right? Systematical game focuses on all kind of areas of the pitch. And they all work together. So I don't think if you put in Henry, you're not going to be like, okay, guys, no need to defend. No need to sit back a little bit. You know? And, and what frustrates me is there's ways to defend yourself without looking so vulnerable. Like, like he's a manager that says, I love possession. I want to have the ball. Then boom, great. That's how you defend. Not by, hey, here, check it to the check it to the other team. Wait back and let's try to get them on the counter. Like I get it, we have speed, we have Quinones, but if you're gonna be playing that kickball soccer, it's not gonna get you far. Because we've seen it before with other managers. We've seen it and time and time again that doesn't work at America. What works is when we have the ball, when we go to the rival, and that is the best way to defend yourself is by 
holding possession. And then we talked about America being a very possessive side and everything, but it's just, we can't be careless either. It's just frustrating because you know you have, imagine Julian Quinones, Diego Valdez, Brian Rodriguez, and Leo Suarez all coming at you at once, only for one of the, like, wait, wait, hold on, we're too far. Let's stop and let's just keep passing the ball. Dude, when Diego Valdez had the ball on the counterattack and he right. literally, literally stopped, went around and put his hands up like, all right, guys, slow it down, slow it down. I, I was ready to throw the TV out again out of my window. I was just, it, it, I was like, fact, you screamed, fraud, you fraud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Diego Valdez, you're this close to becoming fraud of the week. Because I, I, how, not. how? Like there could be no explanation. Do you know how mad Cabecita was at him? He literally told him something afterwards because he had made the perfect run, absolutely perfect run. You hit it to him. He goes wide. He opens up the channel for you to literally go in there by yourself, and you decide to hold on, guys. No, wait, stop, 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 stop. Let's give him time to go back. Let's hold on. We have a three-one lead. No need to kind of run the extra mile. To me, that's mind blowing. Like, like how? As the number 10, as the number 10, you, you cannot do that. No way on, in, no way, no way does Cuauhtémoc Blanco ever do something like that. <laughs> One thing I will say, though, and we're, we, let's talk about a little bit positive, right? At least this time, they were able to shoot from outside the box. Which yes. Is a and, that, True. and that's because Richard decided that he wanted to. And Brian. And let's be honest, the angle was given there. Oh, yeah. And well, Brian's was technically inside the box, but he started outside. But still, it was it, it was from pretty far. And and don't get me wrong, yes, I was happy with that. The fact that they're finally taking shots from outside the box. But well, it took it took the other team to be down 10 men to do it. Yeah. So the space finally opened up in that sense. And and it's just the frustrating thing about it is. You walk out of that game and you think, let alone think that we're going to be title contenders. But then you're looking into the next game and you're like, do we even get a win against Chivas playing like this? I mean, to be fair, Chivas really, really, isn't, really isn't on the hot streak right now either. Yeah, I was about to say, they probably think to it's be the same fair, To be fair, but that's, that, that could be even worse for us now because now they're like, well, now we're, we're, two, we're on like a two-game losing streak and now we got, we got America next. Um, we got to win this one, so let's go all out. Yeah. And I know that people are going to be thinking, you guys are crazy. Look at the table. Look where we're at. We're like literally in a Yeah, we're six. With one game in hand, right? One game in hand. So they're thinking, well, if you win that game, you're about 14. You're, you're literally at 14 points. You could be sitting third, fourth. fourth well, I mean... I was going to say we could score pass, three pass Queretaro, but we both paper, know that's not happening. On paper, we're not that bad. But the, the thing is, the reaction isn't the table. I think expectation is we're going to be in the big dance regardless. I think that's the expectation, yes. right? Yes. For us, it, it has been going to another final and winning it. This isn't like the reaction isn't, oh, well, we're going to, let's be honest, this family's has conversations about players not showing up in the year. Like, this is this is deeper than just regular season. Like if you were to if you were let's say America was coming from from not making years or or being very bad like we've had in the past, then our expectation would change. We would be probably talking about 
oh, well, how are we going to get there? This and that. We're talking about getting over semifinals, getting to a final and winning it. Like, it's gotten to that point where we're just hitting the same feeling over and over and over again. Like, if, if, if Darlene takes us to a semifinals, he's just another coach. If we're being honest, he's just another coach. Literally. It's, it's been the same since, since uh, Piojo and Piojo gave us titles, but since his last uh, few seasons, it was that. It was, we're always hitting these, this, this feeling, and, and we're trying to bring in coaches that get us over it. So when we still see the same weaknesses and then we start seeing new weaknesses, then the conversation changes. This isn't like, oh, we're just trying to oh, we, we get there pretty regularly. We get that week off, which this season, there's going to be like six teams that make it to Liga, right? Like directly. So it's even like Liga isn't really the, 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 what we want. I mean, it is what we want, but it isn't like the main goal because now it's. Yeah, it is an angle. Yeah, it's even easier now because it, it is like what, six teams now that make it in straight, straight in? Like yeah. for us, like our main goal is. Getting to the semis, winning, getting to the final, winning. Like even if we make it to a final and we lose, which knock on wood, it's not that we lose. Let's say it gets it. Okay, we got over that hump. We got over that semi. But if it just hits the same ceiling, then it's the same issue. And like I said, I went on a rant about finals, and ultimately that's what it is, right? I I I think you have some merit there because it is a frustrating thing. Because we do have to get to that hump. And I think we're all looking at it exactly like that with, in that perspective. It's not, okay, it's not because of the league. It's because we know that this is not good enough to get us past a semifinal, let alone a quarterfinal. So it's just, I, I guess that the Americanismo is envisioning themselves already in the Liga, already trying to get to the promised land. The reality is this team is not going to get anywhere in that. Because yeah. it's 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 not a playoff team. It's more of a uh, crappy win here and there, you know. It, to be honest, America's playing like a mid-table team. Let's, let's just be honest, right? He's got us playing like San Luis when he has to make us play like Brazil. When we're not there yet, are we going to get there? I hope so. And is having another man to do so? I don't know. To be honest, I I, I really don't know. Because like Midwestern Cholo said, it felt like a loss after the Cruz Azul game. And I'm, I'm be honest, that's how I felt. Literally felt. I was so upset. I was so mad that with a man up, a 3-1 lead, you go and you sit back. You give the instruction to sit back and let the rival come and play. I'll play you. That is unacceptable. That is unheard of. And Christian, I, I think it's like just... Exactly. And then I think we're talking more about a Americanismo, Americanismo perspective than anything else. That is just, like I said, pathetic. But thankfully, um, before we started the whole podcast, uh, we got to talk about the break that's coming up. Have have a, about a week and a half to kind of, you know, recover the injured players, maybe kind of you know, iron out details here and there, um, and start working on to becoming that team that we all want to be. Um, will it happen in this friendly and then the extra days preparing for the Chivas game? Probably not. But you hope to see glimpses of it for majority of the game against Chivas, which is a must win. A draw or a loss would be unacceptable because then at that point, you're, you're, you're asking. Yep. Um, but 
we'll see what happens though. Um, I'm excited to see actually to see a boy bring it to the friendly. I hope he takes it somewhat serious, at least the first 45. Maybe uh, you know, bring in some players there, uh, to kind of get them a little more game time. Obviously, the obviously looks like he needs game time there. Henry Martin will need game time. Um, uh, kind of get them up, up to speed with everything. Um, Henry won't be going to the Tigers game. Who? Henry will be going to the. Uh, there goes my hope for that. <laughs> You're like, all hope is lost now, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, but Cabecita could play that at nine. If they play the same formation, the Diamond could play right there, too. And Yeah, but, but you're going to have to this, at this there, point. So why, so why would you play Cabecita there? Full competition. They, there's nothing wrong with Let's say Henry doesn't come back. Injury. You got to need to have someone there. You know? Is he going to take Quinones? Or let's say Quinones. Hmm? Is he taking Quinones to the friendly? I thought he was training. No, he's with the yeah. national team. He's not. Yeah, that's why I was like, he's training with the national team in Mexico. But it depends. I don't he... know how long he's there. I know he got invited for two days. No. If it's only two days, he should be at the friend. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll keep an eye on that whenever they start flying now, which is going to be. Were they playing Friday. Austin? They're playing in Austin, yeah. Is that a good field? They'll fly it on Friday. Huh? Is that a good field? <laughs> yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're playing it at the Austin FC Stadium. Okay, because you know how sometimes these friendies be in the state. They go to the most crappy football stadium and they come <laughs> back all injured. No, no, they should be they, they should be in some decent, a, a decent pitch territory, but we'll see. I mean, I mean... It'll be interesting to see what that game tells, and I think a lot of us are going to keep an eye on a little bit more closely, even though it's a friendly, because there is some things that need to be improved, and there is some things that we need to see improved from the get-go. Um, and we'll see if that happens. I think I speak but for I, everyone where, where, where when I say this, that hopefully he plays the left-back youngsters. Yeah. And Wish. they catch his attention, and they start playing him, because this is one of those situations situations where you see these youngsters and they always perform in these friendlies and you're just like, come on, man, just play them. Like the worst, the, the worst case is they, they think it up and then you have to start playing the guys that were already playing. You know, mm-hmm. worst case scenario, like the same thing, right? Right. But I, I, I'm sure I speak for everyone where we want to see Mauricio Ray or uh, Ralph. Is, is, but is the Chivas game the right game to experiment in that sense? Probably not. I would argue. I, I would say that there's 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 an argument to be said on both ends. Probably not, and probably yes. Probably yes, only because they're a canterana and they obviously yes. know what it is to play mm-hmm. for America and against yes. Chivas. Like that's probably every everyone's dream, right? Yeah. Um So yes, hey, there's arguments there. Hey, but, they might have a Torito Silva game. It was it to- yeah. Torito Silva, the one yeah. that yeah. yeah. Mosquera, who was it? Torito Silva. They, they might have one of those games. You never know. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> I mean, like you scored like four goals as a left back one. So that's true. (laughs) Check it out on our TikTok page. It's on there. I mean, you're right. We'll 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 see. We'll We'll see what happens. That's why I said this. Um, this this friendly maybe to see um what what he has coming up um for the next part of. Um, I think we're all in the greens here. Even though we throw so much negativity tonight, I think we all want to see be be a better version of themselves. We know they can be. Um, 
and let's just see if, if Harden can figure it out. Because right now you're not giving us much hope, but obviously things have changed, and I guess that's what we all want. It's for us, I guess, get better with the game, reach the Ligia, and hopefully, um, have a no, yeah, and then look, this is the beautiful and also the ugly thing about soccer. It's it's fans have a very short memory, and if you start producing things on the pitch and you start winning games and you start looking convincing, well, everyone's gonna forget, you know, these past couple of weeks where we looked like, you know, like a mid-table team. So if you go out there perform, beat Chivas in a good way, and then you go out there and you play, but the thing is these next couple of games they're not easy games and they're not walk in the park games they're, they're literally you know tougher opponents so i would say that uh, he has a steep hill to, to climb but like christian said we want to believe you know we we, we, we want to back the manager and we, we want to say that hey you know you are the man to lead us to the 14th like he proclaimed he wants to be so i think there's a lot of work to be done and, and chris i just kind of want to answer your question that you proposed to me that night because I was very mad. I was very heated and I was talking uh, very aggressively on, on, on the DMs on Twitter. <laughs> Trust me out, guys. Trust me out. And you mentioned, right, because we, we were talking with Brian and Dylan and, and Christian and, and you know, talking about how it was unacceptable, the way that we performed, the way that we won, how we just barely escaped with a win. And you mentioned that you know, because you had been listening to the podcast ever since we started and then and, and during the Solari era, you said, I, I would kind of give Solari his flowers and say, you know, it was an ugly win, but a win is a win. We got three points and we continue to grow and we continue to stack up on the table. And the criticism wasn't, well, this is America, you can't do to that level, like this can't be good enough. I'm sure somewhere I said that, but not necessarily more enough to be like, I'm anti-Solari. And it got me thinking, because you mentioned, you're like, well, why is it okay for Solari to come away with these type of wins, but not Hardine? And it literally, like, like I was watching the game on my phone. We were going to um, some barbecue dinner thing, uh, and the whole game was, oh, the whole time we were driving, I was watching the game, and I was upset, and then I was thinking about it, and, it, like, they were, everyone was talking, having a good time, and I was just kind of in my head thinking, like, well, why is that? Why, why, why is Chris... They even asked me, they're like, Ivan, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, and really, the only thing I, I was able to come up with was under Solari, he inherited, inherited a team that Miguel Herrera built for himself. And that team is nowhere near as good as the team that we have right now. Also, we have been spoiled with back-to-back-to-back back semifinals right and I think that in itself as well has maybe kind of up the bar where it was with you know prior to Solari and before with Solari we had just been kicked out in a quarterfinal against Chivas we haven't really reached our biggest height and so it felt like okay we were building up to something and now, like Christian mentioned, well, we have something really good. We actually have the most expensive squad in the CONCACAF region. Like, we have, well, yeah. Monterrey well, we had, Ticatito, but. Yeah, Monterrey is because of that. But 
but but you you see where I'm coming from. Like the perspective mm-hmm. was one thing with Saladi, and with Harine, the expectation is blown out of proportion. I get that, I understand that, but that is just kind of the world we live in because the trajectory from this team coming to right now was really high. Like you said, our hump is a semifinal. That's not a lot of teams can say that that's their hump, you know. And with Saladi, it was the hump was like, well. We, do we make Ligia or the rebuild? Yeah, the rebuild aspect of it, right? I don't think America's in a rebuild section. America for sure was no. in a rebuild portion with Solari. America now is kind of a very almost a almost a finished product. So I think that's why the criticism is maybe exactly like how it shows. If I had a graph to present it, I would like Solari down here, hiding there up here, and that's really all I could think about was, yeah, I, sh- I should be. If if my Christian Torsolati was like, okay, it's fine, we're getting the points, we're, the trajectory is moving along, the agenda is moving along, and great. Same thing goes with Hainé. We're winning, we're not losing, we're getting points, we're scaling, this team is gelling. The reality is this team shouldn't have to gel that much. It's literally the same team from two years ago almost, with maybe two, three. So let me ask positions. you guys this, both of you. Let me ask you guys this. And, and the, the, everyone listen, listening, you guys can to this question too. You see the results, right? We're winning games and and everything. We're we're not really in bad position in the table. Does this team feel like there is at any moment moment you're gonna just see a bunch of losses and, and ties? Is that your gut feeling or is it just your your expectation is and you're 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 hopeful that we're gonna start looking really good, but the results are gonna be the same. We're gonna continue to win. Is it is it just more of a doubt and in, in, in just waiting for that drop? Or is it is it more just in the moment, in other words? No, it's waiting for that drop. It's almost like that Solari season where we played Pachuca in the quarterfinals, I believe, and they just steamrolled us. And we almost had to come back, but it just felt like that, that when, when they first like, started just scoring goals on us, that's how that felt. We were, we were doing the same thing. We were winning games, you know, barely scraping by some teams, having convincing game one day, but the next five, we're all like, oh, what are we doing here? We're winning, but like, this is really going to carry us to the final. No. Okay, whatever. We got Pachuca. All right, let's see what we can do. I think we can beat Pachuca. Absolutely steamboat. That's kind of more the feeling for, I, I'm getting right now. Of course, a lot of he must just be haunted by Pachuca because it was Pachuca what outdid him too. Wasn't the Pachuca that beat us like four to four to zero or something like that that kind of fired him? I believe so. And yeah. then Dano started that Tigres game afterwards, no? Yeah. yeah Monterrey. Yeah. I think it was Monterrey. No, it was Monterrey. It was Monterrey. So yeah, poor 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 Solaris. He can never go to Pachuca. I am assuming he just has PTSD. But to be honest, to to answer your question, Chris Whatever the middle ground is for that, because I don't necessarily think that this team is just going to utterly just fall apart and break down. I, I think we're too talented for that. But I do see us losing games where we potentially could have came out with a result, maybe even a victory. And I see a lot of games where we should have won ending in draws because we decided to sit back because we decided to be a systematical team that didn't want to go and score goals when the opportunity presented itself. Like my biggest thing with, like, like I told you guys, my biggest thing with America is we're not managing games, right? 
we're not killing these games off. We're not finishing plays, right? I told you, I'm fine with you playing the tiki-taka, the Barcelona, the slow build, the play, the one-two passes in the back, you know, retreating, resetting, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. I'm okay with that. Like, bore me for 45 to 60 minutes if you're just passing the ball around, but as long as we're winning, I'm cool with it. But make sure, one, you're finishing your plays, and two, you're not handing the opposition the opportunity to come and attack you as well. That's my thing. It's manage a game. Manage the game wisely. And I just, I haven't seen that from this America side. The only time we did was because we were scoring goals left, right, and center. Like, this team is at its happiest when you just liberate them. Like, you tell the players, go and do your thing. Like, just go full on attack. And that's when you see the best football. That's when you see the best of these players. And I think I'm hoping Harina is going to realize that and maybe give him a little bit more liberty against Chivas, and we'll see whether or not that pays off. But for me, I think there's a midway point in, in, in what you were saying and the fact that I think we're not necessarily going to be losing all these games, but we're not necessarily going to be winning all these ugly games either. I think there's going to be a middle ground, and that's what I'm afraid of. And, and I think that's what we need to avoid. Hopefully, we kind of have that Tigres-esque season where they kind of look mid throughout the whole tournament. And then somewhere, somehow in Liga, they just turn up and become prime Brazil from 2002. And then they just yep. start destroying everybody. That's, that's also yeah. kind of what I'm hoping for. But unfortunately, so, right so now, last, unfortunately, last that's not what I'm, what I'm getting right now, though, is, is my problem. So last question. What is your expectation for this month? Where we already faced Cruz Azul, so that's three points, right? We got Chivas next, and then on a Wednesday, we got uh, Querétaro. Uh, Querétaro, and then we got Toluca, and we ended with Pumas. How many points out of, oh, out of that? Damn. Expectation. It, 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 I'm going to be honest, Toluca and Pumas is going to be really tough. That Toluca at 11 for us, Ivan, is usually Ooh, that is a never, tough game. That is never an easy game. But Querétaro on a Wednesday could be very ugly as well, where we maybe oh, yeah. we don't lose, but we could end up with that's and then Pumas at home, right? That's Pumas at home, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. It's a very doable game, but it's a classical in the end of the day. And those games against Pumas will get very ugly, very physical, very ugly. So what and is then, your expectation? And, we already got the three points. Oof. And then on top of that, next, I know we're talking just September, but this a doble jornada with Pachuca. Oh, mm-hmm. it's not pretty at all, guys. Um, to answer your question. The Clásico here in uh, L.A. in Chivas. You got Santos, mm-hmm. Monterrey, San Luis. San Luis is doing good. Solos. And you ended with Tigres where we might not even have our starters out. Maybe. Big maybe. Big maybe. But I mean, I hope what is your expectation 12, 12, 12 September, and 12. Though. But, I mean... I don't know. It, it, it just seems like those seems like a stretch, dude. <laughs> it seems like there's a loss in one of those games. I don't know which one. Most likely the Toluca. I'm I'm thinking the Toluca game too, and it could be the Pumas game. And just because the the Pumas game, I just expect it to be ugly. It I don't know. I mean, uglier than the Cruz Azul game because in the end of that Cruz Azul game, it, we got very ugly. But I think Pumas might be more grimy than that. Which I don't know how, what exactly Cardinal wants these players to do in those situations, right? There's some players that some coaches that let just let players be, you know, just live out 
the the heat, and there's some coaches that don't like that. But I really don't know where. Yeah, I don't know. So what are your expectations? What it's twelve points, right? So we already got three. I know we're gonna do predictions later out on. Out of all the games in September, so you're talking fifteen points in total. Wait, how many points? You said Christians at twelve. How many? How many is it in total? One, two, three, four. There's five games in September. So fifteen. We just got three against Cruz Azul. Yeah, twelve. 12 okay. So it's twelve. So twelve Man, remaining. Oh, I want. I want. I want fifteen out of fifteen. I know that's me living in a crazy world. Heck, I even want to say 13. I'm going to go bold and say, I'm going to go bold and I'm going to say 13 points. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of them look like they're, all of them look like it's possible that we could tie them up. Yo, for real, they all look like drawable games. Nope. That's what I was looking at right now. That's why I was like, your worst nightmare is Tapia keeping a zero for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Literally is. Oh, man. I don't know. I want to say 13, maybe 10 if we're being realistic, 12 if possible, but I'm going to go with 13. I did. That's, that's what I'm going with, 13 points. September is jam-packed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 100% well we'll see but I mean obviously there's still plenty of uh, plenty to talk about and plenty to see and still early in September right we have that international break like Christian said maybe a a blessing in disguise and you know we regroup and we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week and hopefully we're feeling a little bit more optimistic than we are right now and definitely after that Cruz Azul game but um, I guess the only thing to add on is the transfer rumor of Junior. What is his name, Chris? Alonso. Junior Alonso. Possibility yeah, of coming uh, to America. Fakim uh-huh. said that we might be looking at to bring a uh, uh, center back, a defender, this upcoming week. Which, if I'm not mistaken, should be the deadline this week for Mexico. No. Yes. Deadline is coming up. How do you feel about bringing in a center back? We need it. Yeah. We we need it. No, but I mean, instead of prioritizing a left back or center back, you think I a think center, that, back that, that center, center back, center center back yeah. is a leader. Um, yeah. you need, and you, that, you that need is our, center back. that is probably our best choice or best shot at somewhat organizing. I don't think mm-hmm. a left back will do that. In my mm-hmm. No, because if that was the case, then Kevin Alvarez would have sorted things out. Right. He hasn't. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I think center back is the best shot. But left back is definitely needed next. No question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's going to be interesting because I think obviously this transfer window has not been hiding this transfer window. Like he has not said out, like he's not said like, I want Quinones or I want Kevin Alvarez. Like he didn't get the chance to come in and assist the squad, be like, okay, I need this guy gone. I need to bring in this guy and that guy and yada, yada, yada. We still don't even know what formation we're going to be playing going forward. So I All think right. once we get a better idea, then we'll assess better of, okay, we have an idea of what we need and who needs to go and kind of go from there. That's that. But hey, we'll keep you guys up to date with everything. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at uh, Eagle Eye Podcast. And then uh, we'll have you guys up to date with everything. Make sure you guys follow Christian as he's trying to point to 
it's, uh, it's, not, it's not it's not working well it's not working there you go that's right there it's subscribe right to there. his only fan yeah yeah right there that at right there <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, right, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen. I will be here. I need a debate. F F bombs everywhere. Just, just I needed to be ugly that day. Well, we'll I definitely we'll, we'll 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 send we'll we'll have that show um ready to go if we need to censor it when we go live. And then once I upload it, I'll make sure to uh, put the little e for explicit. So we'll be ready for that day. Um, but all right, thank you, gentlemen, for coming out. Uh, it's been fun talking all things. I think we got a lot off our chest, and now we feel a little bit better. Maybe we sleep a little bit better at night as well. Alrighty then. You guys have a wonderful time. Take care. And as always, Arriba la America. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.